Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The beverage supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Sunbury Motors Kia knows they can. 2019 has been a great year for Sunbury Motors Kia. They need 24 new Kia sold to reach their best sales year ever. Buy a new 2020 Kia Soul S for only $17,549. Save over $4,300. Two SUVs you have to put on your list are the Kia Sorento and Sportage. At SMC, a 2020 Kia Sportage is a steal at $24,549. Save over for $5,000. And a 2019 Kia Sorento S all-wheel drive is $27,999. That's over eight grand in discounts. Sunbury Motors needs just 24 new Kia sold to break their one-year sales record. And all Kias come with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. This little import dealer knows they can. Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And today being Friday, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and on every day in the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. Get those Brewers Outlet gift cards now. Okay? Well, I mean, we're counting down. I mean, we're 12 days away from Christmas. 12 days away. All right. Uh, by the way, Phil Bork is going to be on the show next next week. Looking forward to that. That should be a lot of fun having Phil on the show. We're also working on Dave Woolishan, who is the play-by-play voice of Memphis, joining us next week. I'm working on that one myself, Maddie. Uh, I just literally had breakfast with Dave two weeks ago, for goodness sake. So we're trying to work out a day where he can be on the show and talk a little Memphis football. Memphis, by the way, not only will not have their head coach, uh, Ryan Silverfield will take over as the interim head coach for the bowl game, and then we'll see what Memphis wants to do on a permanent basis. But also the defensive coordinator is left for, for uh, Florida State as well. Penn State did practice yesterday. Their next one is tomorrow. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. And next Wednesday is Letter of Intent Day. Uh, the heck with calling it the early signing period. Let's be real. It is the signing period. Uh, this is a lot like college basketball now. That first signing period is the signing period. So with that, we bring in the new dad, Ryan Snyder, Blue White Illustrated, Rivals.com. Hello, Ryan. Hey, guys. I learned more 
random sports history facts in the 30 seconds leading up to our interviews than I have known in my entire life. So thank you for teaching me something today. No problem, because nobody knows what I say <laughs> happens to be right or not. All right, so but it is entertaining. Okay, uh, it's time to close. It is closing time. Uh, how does Penn State sit as closing time approaches? I think uh, in a pretty good spot. We got, let's see here, number 12 in, in the rivals rankings, and they're right around the same for 247. So that's pretty good. I mean, obviously, um, I think uh, if you ask James, he'd want to be in the top 10, but it's obviously a subjective thing. Whenever you're, you know, up, up in that uh, echelon, uh, you, you're doing something right. So we're at 28 commitments right now, and I do believe. That will be the number come next Wednesday. Uh, however, uh, as guys potentially transfer out or go to the NFL, uh, you, you can't completely shut the door on maybe a 29th uh, when uh, when the dead period uh, closes then and contact period opens up in January. But I do believe that will be the, the guys uh, signing next week. And uh, for the most part, it's a pretty good class. Uh, I believe uh, over half are four-star prospects, which is pretty good, and um, just a lot of um, a lot of overall talent, a lot of potential. I think the best way to to look at it is a lot of guys with pretty high floors, and 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 then you know a lot of guys with some high ceilings as well. So a good place to build. Tons of offensive linemen. Uh, that that's I think they have six total, which is mm-hmm. which is great. Um, lots of skilled players, a bunch of wide receivers. I think this is. I have to double-check. I didn't do it before the show. I apologize. But I believe this is the biggest class, at least since the Rivals era, and I would be willing to bet going back into the 90s and 80s for Paterno. That, did they ever have 30-plus? I'm not sure if they ever did. But uh, well, they, they certainly won the biggest. Back well before they ever had the 25-85 rule, yeah. obviously they did. Uh, uh, they did. Although Penn State, actually, a lot of people don't realize, Penn State, West Virginia, and Pitt, back in the... 40s, in the late 40s, early 50s, all agreed to, to cap scholarships at 100 or something like that. And, okay. and this goes way, way back. Uh, so we're in an era of 2585. So naturally, a question would be asked by anybody in the audience would be, why 28? Because they have been saving. Well, I don't want to. I guess the easy way to save it is that they've been able to save some scholarships due to early enrollees. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year they had 11 early enrollees, and over the past couple of years you've had um, multiple early enrollees. And long story short, you can backdate those guys That's depending right. on who um, left the year prior. I, I, unfortunately, I'll never know the math. I, I, someday I'd like to get and sit down with Andy Frank and go through it all and figure it out. Um, but it's hard for me to really know just because I'm not in the room. I don't know exactly when they started counting back. But uh, it, it all has to do with early enrollees, and they can count back some guys. That's right. And basically over one, two, maybe three classes, I don't really know, but I assume it's over the last couple, uh, they have kind of just have saved a scholarship here, saved a scholarship mm-hmm. there. And, of course, with guys transferring out then, that made it easier for them to, I guess, cash in, if you want to say. So it could potentially get to 29, but I, I think it will depend on, on guys transferring out and, I mean, from everything we've gathered so far, it seems like um, you know a good, good amount of guys are coming back for what's expected to be a big year next year. Right, uh, and as probably as many as ten early enrollees this time. Yeah, I have eleven 
Um, okay. Yeah, well, with Theo Johnson committing the other day, okay. he will be the 11. So I, it was 10, and then that, adding him will be 11. And that equals last year's number of scholarship early enrollees. They had Correct. Three, they, yeah, had three they had three walk-ons last year that also came in early to get it to 14. Yeah, that's important to clarify. All right. Now, here's the next part of this. Uh, When you look at the Penn State roster, you know, you've mentioned a couple times transfers or whatever uh, along the way, which could happen, or early entries in the NFL draft, which could happen. But how do you like the positional balance of this based on what the current roster happens to be? Yeah, that's pretty much the best they could do. Uh, I, I think they would have liked to maybe add another safety. Uh, Elijah Gaines decommitted the other week, and I don't know all the specifics behind that one. But uh, I think if – put it this way, if they can add a 29th player, if that does open up to them, I do believe that adding a defensive back or potentially a defensive lineman, those would be the two spots that I think they'd like to add maybe one more. But as far as offensive line, you know, adding six new guys, that's – you know, of course, with with Fries and Mennett and Wigan and all the guys that'll be up next year. Plus, you don't know, you know, whatever would happen with uh, Thorpe or Holmes or whatever. It, I, there's a reason they targeted so many offensive linemen this year, so that's good. Wide receivers, another spot. I, I think, you know, having having as many wide receivers this year makes me think that maybe one or two more guys could potentially transfer out. We'll see. Uh, we already know about Justin Shorter, but uh, it's just if you if you look at the the scholarship charts, it, it does seem like man, five would be a lot. But if if one or two guys were to leave, uh, it'll make a lot more sense then. So two more running backs, which was which was expected. Um, you know, two potentially three linebackers, depending on how Zariah Fisher grows. And, you know, he's expected to grow um, probably into a defensive end, but he'll start as a linebacker. Overall, it's, it's, it's pretty much what we expected. I think, like I said, if they can add one more, uh, it, we would look at maybe defensive line or safety. It's a big recruiting weekend coming up, too, uh, and there'll be a lot of uh, recruits, not in this, just obviously this class, but also in potential future classes on campus this weekend. How is that shaping up? Yeah, so from what I understand, this weekend will just be the committed guys. And well, maybe I, I could be wrong. We'll find out. And the reason I say that is because last weekend was the 2021 weekend. Right, I know where, that. Yep. And it was stacked. It was it was really good. Uh, let's see, I think the number was 16-17. And out of those guys, all but one or two had scholarships. And almost, uh, I think, three-quarters of that group then uh, were you know all top 250 prospects. So you know Landon Tangwall. I mean they had all, all they had basically all their top linemen there with Wyatt Malone, Landon Tangwall. Uh, they had a, they had a couple good defensive backs. I mean we we could go on and on through that list. But but to get to this weekend, it, it seems like what they're going to do is just focus on the guys that have committed and really commit to them and, and show them a good time. So a good portion of the 2020 class has already used their official visits. Uh, but but a good portion of them haven't. Uh, I believe right now I have it around 15, 16 guys that will be coming in for actual officials. And then a few others will join them, guys that have used their, their officials in a row, um, excuse me, previously. Uh, so it, overall, it will probably be about three-quarters of the class making their way into town. And, you know, though I assume uh, I think hockey's on the road this week, but you'll probably yeah. see them at the basketball game. Um, you know, they just do the, the typical things that you see on an official visit mm-hmm. weekend. Get, get, give them time to spend with the roster. So, as of now, that's what I'm expecting um, for this weekend. But at the same time, one thing to keep in mind here, too, is February is now a complete dead period. And that used right. to be a very mm-hmm. busy junior day month. Yep. So, because that whole month is a dead period now, I think 
Penn State and all good, you know, all good recruiters will be trying to get as many 2021 guys on on campus as possible, especially in January, but even you know possibly this weekend as well. So that's something we'll really dig into tomorrow. In this class, I'll give you a prime example: Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford three years ago commits, and he's the guy working phones, text messages, things like that, trying to get more guys to commit because he was that alpha male in the group. Mm-hmm. Who falls into that category with this group? Yeah, Nick Dawkins is the first one that really always comes to mind. Um, you know, son of Daryl Dawkins, offensive lineman out of Allentown. Uh, Nick Nick committed back in April, and he's a very, um, I don't want to say outspoken. I, you know, I don't want to come off as if he's someone that's on Twitter and, you know, putting his opinions out there, but he's He's just very charismatic. You know, he's, he's, he works well with, uh, with his peers, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a good guy to be around. Um, just, I, I can see him just kind of being a natural leader uh, down the road. But, but there are other guys that I think kind of have gone under the radar a little bit. I think Jaden Dotton someone who uh, – Jaden doesn't really talk to the media that much, so it hasn't gotten publicized as much. But when I talk to, uh, you know, uh, other guys in this class, you know, they always mention about how Jaden's been in touch with them. Uh, Jaden's a wide receiver out of uh, mm-hmm. Connecticut, by the way. Yep. But um, Cole Bavard's another one, defensive tackle out of Carmel, uh, Indiana. He committed pretty early in the process. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of guys. Golden Ashumba, he's talked to a lot of guys in the, in the um, DMV area. Golden's from uh, Damatha. So uh, a couple guys that fit that category. I don't know if I'd put them in Sean's category. Just sure. Sean was, you know, Sean's up there with, like, the Adam Brennamans and the Christian Hackenbergs when it comes to really going – to that uh, next degree, I guess you'd say, uh, when it comes to recruiting. But, you know, all of these guys have, um, you know, certainly done their part in, in helping with the staff. Uh, when when you look at this, is there an underrated part of the country right now that a lot of people, you know, where you can get some players out of, but a lot of people wouldn't think right away it was a recruiting hotbed? I, I always go to New England for that, and that's just because I, I think Penn State's really used New England well. Um, yeah. They have you know, a lot of guys out of Connecticut, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. if I thought about it a little bit more, Steve, I could probably give you a better answer. I mean, Penn State's absolutely doing its best to spread its its roots, you know, obviously they got Michael Michael Bowens out of out of Las Vegas this mm-hmm. year. You know, we, we right. haven't seen that much. Uh, but just, you know, for Penn State and, you know, from what I've seen over the years, just, just how many guys have come out of uh, New England and, you know, had pretty good careers. Dotton, of course, uh, you know, fits that group this year. Uh, you know, obviously getting Theo Johnson out of out of Canada. Um, you know, um, who's the – I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. I think it's Benjamin St. Just is, is a wide yes. receiver. He was out of Canada. Uh, you know, there's a couple guys. Uh, who, who have come out of, you know, a lot of, put this way, a lot of Canadian players think they need to come to the, the U.S. Uh, to get scholarships. And we've seen that work, too. Jesse Lakeda is, is the best example. Jonathan, uh, but, Jonathan Sutherland's from Ottawa and went to high school in Virginia. Exactly, yeah. And we can, we can find some others, too. Uh, but we also are seeing now that with recruiting and just how much it's grown and continues to grow, uh, guys are finding that they can stay in Canada and, and still get that um you know, get that publicity. So I, I think we'll see that more. I mean, especially with Theo. I mean, he, he plays, I mean, he's, he's one of the most top or one of the most heavily recruited tight ends in the nation, or I guess I should say the nation in the, in the continent, I guess I'd say. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something that we're definitely seeing uh, grow a little bit more. You're not going to have it every year where you have a, you know, a top, top two fifty guy come out of Canada, but it's something to keep an eye on. No doubt. Anybody with any late drama. I hope not. 
I got a newborn and a toddler at home, man. That's the last thing I want to deal with right now. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure Franklin would agree. I don't believe so. Uh, yeah. Schools have tried to poke around. From everything I've gathered, Ronnie hasn't um, upset the class. I mean, don't get me wrong. Guys are upset that he's gone, but, you know, they're they're more so happy for him than anything else. So sure. I think, of course, we got to see who the hire would be uh, before guys would maybe jump shit. Well, I guess, obviously, I think this whole class is going to sign on Wednesday, so it shouldn't. Sure. Um, and the good thing is that they're all coming to camp, or at least – probably 22, 23 of the 28 will be on campus this weekend. So any fears, questions, whatever it may, could, may be, uh, you know, James and his staff will do a pretty good job uh, answering those. All right. Well, take care of those kids. Yeah, I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun. i got to be honest. It, it's wild having a newborn back in the house again, especially with a crazy two-year-old, but it's been fun. <laughs> Has the two-year-old been uh, any help? Uh, we're trying. We're trying. You know, bring bring over little things uh he's actually been great the first couple of days were a little uh not the easiest we'll say but uh he loves babies now and we wakes up in the morning baby baby hi baby so it's, it's been fun never thought we'd be talking about that all right so. no 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 not when we were in, not when i was in class with you uh 11 years ago yeah, that's so. right hey it's it's awesome congratulations thank you steve